This Godzilla Media podcast is brought to you by Mohawk Honda. Godzilla Media and across the board is sponsored by Mohawk Honda, where you can take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book offer. If you're looking for a new vehicle across upstate New York, the place you want to go is Glenville, New York. You want to work with people that you can trust during the car buying experience. I know from experience, 2022 Pilot EXL sitting in the driveway. Now, whether you live in Utica, Herkimer, Watertown, Lake George, it doesn't matter. It's worth the drive to find yourself with money in your pocket. That's right. Because of the Kelly Blue Book offer, you can show up to Glenville, New York, and Mohawk Honda, drive off the lot with cash in your pocket in less than an hour, and maybe even a new vehicle. Get the best vehicle you've ever had in your life. Don't worry about those summer road trips potentially breaking down or things going wrong or wondering if you can trust your vehicle. You don't have to have those worries. When you work with great people like Greg Johnson and Lindsay Herndon, Cam McKenna, Brian McKenna, MJ, John Lucas, everybody's Nicole, everybody's crushing it over there, man. John and Service, who unfortunately I might have to see you soon. That's okay. Mohawk Honda will continue to help you after you buy your vehicle, the service, and everything you need after that. You may never go back to another spot to get a vehicle for the future. It's Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, onto this Godzilla Media Podcast. Hey ho, let's go, folks. Good morning, everyone. Hope you are well wherever you are. Welcome to Pugsley's Pit. Hi, I'm Sean Pugsley Martin. Welcoming you, wishing you all very, very happy Monday. Uh, it's a new work week for us. And uh, as always, we begin the show by asking you the question, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Oh, it's Monday, right? NFL schedule's out. Everyone's all excited. All the people that listen to every single rumor on Twitter and plan their vacations before anything was official are now scrambling to get it fixed. That's the way it goes. Uh, before we get to our guest today, by way of introduction, I am a freelance sports writer for the Albany Times Union, big time sports enthusiast, even bigger homer uh, for my teams without apology, bit of a coffee junkie, go Raiders. Uh, can also be found as co-host of uh, Eminem and M Across the Board podcast on a weekly basis with my good friends Eric and Ashley. You can follow the show on Twitter at Pugsley Spit and take in the podcast on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. On today's show, we're being joined by Andrew Ike, an old friend of mine, golf course superintendent at Mohawk Golf Club in Schenectady, New York, and a member of the Bills Mafia, season ticket holder, five years. Without ado, further ado, Andrew, Andy, how you doing, buddy? What's up, Sean? How are you? I'm doing good. Like, I thought it'd be a good time to sneak some NFL in. We've been heavy on uh, baseball with the A's and then uh, the NHL playoffs, which are awesome, except for my team's out, which sucks. But the NFL schedule, okay? It became a big deal last week. You got to give props to the league. I can't stand their politics, but they know how to do it right. And they, they stay relevant for 12 months a year. Oh, it's crazy. There was a guy. There was a guy on Twitter that I, I I lauded him. He he set up an account called NFL Schedule Leaks, and in in three weeks got like ten thousand followers. Yeah. And was just completely messing with people. Yeah. So anyway, schedule's out. It's official. Um, thinking about the Bills Mafia. It's uh, I don't have a second favorite team in the NFL, but if it was, it'd be Buffalo. I'm from there, and the fan base there is is just absolutely insane. Why don't you talk about that? What, what the term Bill's mafia means? 
it's family, man. Uh, I grew up about 40, 40 minutes outside the stadium. And so I grew up a lifelong Bills fan. Um, you know, my, my, I was a huge Bills fan growing up as a kid. Uh, went to college. And then I moved to Boston after college. And that's when the New England rivalry kind of, when Tom Brady kind of getting. getting and, it was a fumble. But uh, and <laughs> I tell you, the, the amount of pride I had of being a Bills fan living out in New England just kind yeah. of blossomed and I became even more rabid as a Bills fan. I had started as season tickets when I lived out in Boston for a while and traveled back to see my parents. And then uh, I had some, uh, my two kids and uh, gave up tickets for a little bit and got back into about five years ago. And it's, 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 I got fr uh, friends out here in Albany. We travel out together. I got my brothers, my sisters, um, high school friends. Um, we, we have a bus that we go on. We meet at my buddy's house back in Medina, New York, and we travel in this uh, little little short bus on the little bus on the way out, and, yep. and it's one big party. It's a good time. Is it? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I want to talk about the game day experience. Do you still wear those Zubaz pants that I saw you doing a a keg stand in in New York one time? Every time, yeah, Zubaz <laughs> staple, staple. Is that a thing with Bills fans? Because I don't see them anywhere else. Oh, uh, they're starting to be popular in some other fan bases but not nothing like buffalo i mean there there is zubaz um underwear there's zubaz bikinis there's zubaz shorts zubaz hats there's zubaz sweatshirts it's it's a, it's, a a, it's a buffalo bills mafia type of thing it's a lot of information there <laughs> hey uh game day experience i and i last time i went to a bills game it was a little unfortunate circumstances toward the end of the game where I voluntarily left, um, you know, things happen. Um, fun time, fun crowd and everything. What happened with me was the Raiders were getting blown out by Doug Flutie and, uh, which I could handle, but I'd also seen the Bruins lose the night before out there. Yep. And late in the game, um, there's a guy two rows in front of me wearing a Michigan hat. I hate them too. And my uncle, I was with my uncle, my brother, and another guy, and then, my uncle's like, what a crappy weekend for you. The Bruins lose last night. And the Raiders getting blown out today. And the guy turned around and made a derogatory comment about Raymond Bork. Oh. Yeah, I went to stand up and I felt two hands on my back. One was my, I think my brother and the other was my uncle. And we decided it was time to leave at that point. Um, I did give a double Brian Cox salute out the stadium. <laughs> I felt like, you know what, you got to you got to be there. You know, you only have a chance or two to do this in your whole life to so do it. But anyway, the overall feeling of the Bills fan base is very positive, despite that one little thing. But uh, what is that like for the game day? Talk about the tailgate parties. Is there a technique in breaking a table? It can't just be weights. You got to have a little something, right? Well, I mean, everybody brings something, right? We, we're, we've been tailgating this one spot for a couple of years now. Um and we developed kind of our own little group to kind of hang out together. So one guy's got the table full of liquor, you know, it's it, it. put it in totes and they bring it, they, and this just Winnebago stays there the whole, the whole season. And so they just pull out the Winnebago, the totes out of the Winnebago, set up their bar. It's all set there. And then they, we also, and people are in charge of food each week. And so, and it's just come and go and, you know, actually meet people. These people are just walking by. We have, drinks with them, hang out, have food. It's just a, it's one big social event. Um, and I tell you, I mean, even like uh, uh, fans outside the um, realm, you know, I mean, if you get, you know, Miami fans coming in, you get, you know, Pats fans coming in, everybody's welcome, right? But as long yeah. as you're not, not acting like a fool, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
you know, that's when that's when things go a little awry with Bill's Mafia is when you start kind of um, acting a little cocky, a little giving a little attitude. Yeah, I try and be a believer that, look, my philosophy is I'm going to go root for my team. Yep. I'm not rooting against, you know, in this case, Buffalo or all that stuff. Um, that said, I kind of have a rule that I'm just shy away from going to see my favorite. I'd rather go and root for the home team. <laughs> it's a hell of a lot safer. Yeah. Uh, people mis- misconstrue it sometimes, you know, and, you know, you get some alcohol involved, you never know. But, but again, it, it's a pretty friendly base. The thing yeah. I go back to is last year, the picture of Ryan Fitzpatrick shirtless in a playoff game didn't yeah. even play for the Bills. I mean, what, it's, it's, a, it's from you. It was a couple sections down. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Just being from there, it's such a large community feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's all of Western New York, right? Syracuse yeah. on. I mean, that's, I mean, uh, when the bills are doing well, holy crap, that whole, that's how everybody in the city talks about. That's all my family talks about. I mean, I get, we're getting multiple text messages a day from our brothers and my sisters just talking about the bills. What's going on with this? What's going on with that? Da, 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 da. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, everybody precipitates on during the fall season. Even, even people are all fired up about the schedule going on right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to pick out what you know what games are going to, you know, where we're gonna stumble, where we're gonna have our issues. But I mean, I mean, for the most part, it's that everybody loves talking about their Buffalo Bill. Yeah, but um, expectations this year. What what do you think? I mean, it's it's yeah, is it is it are we at a point with the Bills where if it's kind of like if not now, then when? Uh I don't think we're just there yet, right? I mean, we're still building, building ourselves up. Um, you know, Josh is just going in, you know, you know, he's, he's getting better and better and better, man. It's, it's a crazy each year, how much more, you know, I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year. If he can stay healthy, holy crap. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for this guy and his work ethic is unbelievable. You know, the, the, the everybody, everybody talks about Super Bowl and bust. How hard is it to get to a Super Bowl? Sorry. <laughs> it's hard. It's Sorry. hard. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to lame it as if they don't make the Super Bowl that they're, um, they had they had a bad season. I really don't. Um, yeah. I mean, my big thing is you know, make it you know win the division, number one, win the division, make the AFC championship game, and then it's a crapshoot, crapshoot from there. You know, <laughs> it but, is because <clears throat> you have injuries are always a variable. Correct. There is no easy game in the NFL. I mean, Buffalo lost to Jacksonville last year. If you can correct, have any sense of that. Yep. So it is. You got to get there. You got to get there in one piece. Um, talk about this last year for a minute. Is this team going to be able to, will that linger at 13 seconds in Kansas city or move on and look forward and go for it? Uh, no, I think, I think it motivates them. I really do. Um, you know, that, that, this team, that head coach that, I mean, he's such a strong, good personality and we got the right, we got, we got the right, you know, leaders in place too. I mean, Josh is, everybody's, everybody wants to follow Josh. Yeah. I mean, this that kid works hard. You know, he's doing all the off-season work, and he says all the right things. And you know, everybody—he's just a one big goofy kid, and everybody loves being around him. You know, and you got Sean McDermott, which is a little bit more rigid. You know, he's a wrestler. You know, he's got the wrestling mi- mindset, but you know, he—he's—he's uh, he's a great motivator of guys. Um, you know, it's—it's—it's it's it's amazing what him and McBean have done in these little bit amount of time to kind of change the culture in Buffalo. I mean, the last twenty years of just oh. You know, revolving door of coaches, revolving door of GMs, trying to make these big splashes, not having a really good plan in place. And then the changing of just the first couple of years of what, uh, you know, McBean and McDermott have done over the, is, is amazing. 
of changing that culture. So I think, you know, I don't think that 13 seconds will linger. I think it's more motivation, you know. Um, I think, you know, honestly, looking at their schedule right now, I think they're they're a 13 and four team. They're a 14 and three team. That's kind of where I see see their see them being. Talk about Josh Allen. When he came out of Wyoming, he was a high pick, obviously. Yeah. The knock on him was accuracy issues, which are always a concern, but he's gotten through that, or he certainly improved. But him and the community, was his grandmother passed away a couple yeah. years ago? And just, the, I mean, talk about a guy. It doesn't happen all the time where an individual connects with a community like this. Um, he's, he's a Buffalo boy. I mean, he's a farmer. He's a farmer from out, out in, you know, California. Um, I remember uh, his second year in the league, I remember going out to the training camp. My father was there with my dad came with me. And I remember my dad had like a five minute conversation talking to him about melons. I grew up in a dairy farm. <laughs> so my dad's a big farmer in heart. You know, he's a big farmer. And Josh sat and talked to him for five minutes about farming. Really? <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, if anybody fits Western New York, it's something like that. I mean, you know, working hard, you know, just that work ethic, you know, love to have a good time. He fits Bill's Mafia. I mean, he's, he's straight up. He's a goofball. You see him goofing around in practices and all those videos of just, you know, screwing around with Stefan Diggs. Even on Twitter, he's screwing around doing saying stuff. And, yeah. you know, but he has that work ethic. He has that, you know, just good personality that fits fits Buffalo. What what would it mean to to, to that, not just the Bills and, and the core of fans, but the entire area for them to win a Super Bowl? I mean, it is hard to go even four years in a row, yeah. and all of them have different circumstances. Um, you know, against especially against those two great Dallas teams during that mini dynasty. There, what 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 would a Super Bowl mean for that area? What would it mean for you? Oh, oh man, you know, it's emotional. <laughs> it's emotional being you know growing up such a big fan um, and seeing so much heartbreak. You know. Um, you know, even like you talk about the 13 seconds, I remember I'll, I'll go back to that. I'll go back in a second, but I was sitting there, we were watching the 13 seconds game. I was with my, one of my good buddies up here, Mitch, um, his family and my family. Right. And the girls are going bananas. My girls are going bananas. His son and, and his wife are going bananas. And Mitch and I are standing there looking at him like, calm down, everybody calm down. It's 13 seconds left. Calm down, calm down. Because him, Mitch, and I, but we've been through this so so much that you know the wild, craziest things could ever happen, and um, you know, it's like that stuff. I mean, you talk about the four Super Bowls, you talk about the drought of twenty years, you talk about everything, and actually, you know, to be honest, to be a relevant NFL team again. I mean, honestly, yeah. for the Bills not to be a stock of how they conduct their business, and you know, man, if they win a Super Bowl, holy moly! I mean. Not gonna, the city's going to burn down. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be chaos. It's going to be um, just a very emotional, um, just validation, um, just pride, and just just pure happiness. I mean, and and that's you know, it's almost like you, you think about it. You know, but Buffalo is like that young team that like I think majority of the NFL like them. I mean, I really think most fan bases don't have a problem with Buffalo. No. You know? They don't, but, you know, there'll be a time if they make that switch of being that predominant, you know, team that is always winning, going 14 and three and going to the Super yeah. Bowl and that there'll be a time where it switches where people get sick of them. But oh, I mean, they'll right now, I, quick. they'll turn on you quick. It's almost like when New England, remember when New England was beating uh, beat, uh, um, St. Louis Rams that first game, that first season, everybody, was, they were America's team and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it just kept going like the hatred for New England built and 
built and built. So we're in that infancy stage of Buffalo right now. I honestly think that, you know, we're going to be a contender team for a long period of time if they keep everybody together the way they are right now. Um, and eventually it's going to switch. But, you know, um, but if we win the Super Bowl, man, oh, man, the <laughs> I, I, I almost get tear, teared up thinking about it. I mean, it's it's yeah, it would be amazing. What, what's been the biggest moment for how long you've been a fan? Oh, since let's see, since I can remember, I can remember the Super Bowl. So, um, since probably, you know, 89, 88. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I have warm feelings for Buffalo. Yeah. I was born out there. I have family out there, big bills fans. I've gotten over the 51 to three AFC title game back mm-hmm. in the early nineties. That was just awful, awful. Jay Schrader, awful. Yep. But yeah, so I, I I do root for the Bills. I'd love to see them because I'd love to see this fan base, kind of like hockey, Toronto Maple Leafs. I'd love to see them win one, although they just choke yep. one away in game seven. Because um, some of these fan bases are so loyal and love their team so much and haven't tasted it. Yeah. Um, it, I think it'd be awesome for Buffalo. I think it'd be awesome for the NFL, too, if a smaller city can win that. It just speaks to the competitive balance of the league. My, I mean, I think my biggest moment as a Bills fan, right? I think we we're going to touch on that first. Like my yeah. biggest moment of ever was actually I was down in Miami for when they beat Miami and they made it to the for the playoffs in the first time in what twenty years. And I was down there with family. I have family I lived down in uh, Miami, and we were down there in the um, two hundred club level, just hanging out. And there was all the Bills fans were there watching this thing as um, Andy Dalton beat uh, Baltimore at that game. And I was there for it. And to be there was probably, and with my kids and, you know, my wife and everybody, like my brother-in-law and his, his family with uh, going through and seeing that drought break and being there for that was probably one of the, uh, one of the moments I will never forget. Well, that goes back to the Bills fan base because they got very charitable toward Andy Dalton after that. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember a couple summers ago, I spent out in the Buffalo area way back when, and kind of you get a feeling of how big Bill's football is out there. When I was out there when they signed Jim Kelly, and all the TV stations were at the airport watching him get off the plane. You know, and and that signaled the turnaround right there, and they started to build from there. Um, Who who else do you see? Let's get to this year. You got Josh Allen, you have Stephon Diggs. Who, Who out there... What other players need to kind of step up or even get better to to help get the Bills through it um, to try and get to that 14-3? and Because if they can do that, they're either playing at home or they're playing in Las Vegas uh, in the, throughout the playoffs. And, yeah. I honestly think it's our it's, uh, Edmonds, Tremaine, okay. our middle linebacker. He's going to have to step it up a little bit. Um, I know he's a tackling machine, but he's got to become an enforcer. Um He's he's got to be that general. He's got to be that just thumper a little bit. Be be able to change games a little bit. Um, so he's he's a big guy that I really kind of look at next season. It's a big make or break year for him um, yeah. because they didn't haven't signed him. You know, so this is, this is kind of his last year to kind of show it to me, and then we'll, hopefully we'll sign him. So Evans is a big guy that I think he needs to make make that big jump, big change. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, I really like what they did with free agency. It wasn't only did made you know one big sexy um, 
uh, signing with Von Miller. I mean, that's that's huge. Whoever thought was Von Miller would be coming to Buffalo? Holy crap! And trans- yeah. transforming our D line, and he's got young kids behind him that, that he can teach and show. He's got you know Boogie Basham. He's got Greg Rousseau. You know, he's got even he's got you know Eddie Oliver sitting there to kind of help, kind of show him what needs to be done. And then you got players coming back. I mean, you got um, Jordan. Uh, he uh, excuse me. Um, Jordan Phillips came back. He left. You have Shaq Lawson that came back. They wanted to come back to Buffalo. These guys want to come back and play. Yeah. And back in, uh, you know, club fam, uh, friendly deals. And, you know, so we were pretty solid with that. The, the sneaky signing, I really think, is Jamison Crowder um, is, a, is one of those. Um, is just a signer because of the slot. Um and he's he played really well with the Jets, you know. Yeah. I mean, let Beasley go. Um, I think Beasley became a little bit more of a distraction as the year went along. Um, yeah. And I think James is going to fill in right right in the role for him to kind of help him out and, and help Josh out too. You look at the division. I think the division it's been down for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think it's getting better. I think Miami's gotten better with Tyree Kill. I don't like Tua. I don't like that arm strength. I think the Jets are going to be better. I was doubtful on Zach Wilson a lot last year, but he looks like he may do it. We talked before we went on air. I, I think the Patriots are looking at last place this year. I think Bill Belichick may have jumped the shark. Yeah. He brought back Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, a former defensive coordinator, sports, former special teams coordinator. He's putting them on the offensive side of the ball. That's not what they did to get that head coaching job. I, I don't think they've done a whole lot to get better. No. Uh, this year, I mean, what do you, what do you think with the division and, and Miami and uh, and the Jets? Can they uh, jump up and at least kind of bite in the ankle one of these times you play them? Miami's the only one that really kind of scares me a little bit. I mean, the Jets the Jets had a really good draft, mm. um, the solid draft. Um, so it's going to take them a year or two to kind of build into that. Next year's going to be a big learning year for the Jets. But Miami might be the one to be kind of concerned about a little bit. But honestly. Josh, Josh's, Josh Allen's owned them, <laughs> owned them the whole for his whole career, um, and like you said, Tua, Tua doesn't scare me at all. No. Um, you know, the only way that they could beat us probably is doing the, the old dump off to Tyreek and let Tyreek do his cheetah thing and, and run all over the place. Um, but on, honestly, that arm from Tua and Miami doesn't really scare me. So honestly, I think it's it's Buffalo all the way. Yep. Um, well, there'll be some close games. Obviously, they're divisional games, right? They're, they're divisional games, but I really don't see Buffalo stumbling at all. And I honestly, I see it going Buffalo. That's <laughs> New England. Yep. Is there is there a game on the schedule that worries you? It might be a trap game similar to the Jacksonville loss last year. Um, one of these maybe NFC road games. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the Vikings. <laughs> Vikings are coming to our house. Vikings can always be kind of tough. Um, you know, you got the Browns coming into our place. There's yeah. another crap, but it depends on what Sean Watson's playing. Um, you know, Chicago, we got to go play Chicago on Christmas Eve. They don't, that doesn't scare me at all. No, um, shouldn't. No. I mean, it's either, it's either Browns, Vikings, you know, Lions don't scare me. We got to go to Lions on, on Turkey Day. Um, you get the Thanksgiving Day game. Awesome. Th- it's what, three, three years, three Three in the last five years. Three in the really? last Yeah. They must draw pretty well. So what do you do? Do you, do you now with the early game, do you have to eat a late dinner? Can you can you stuff down your turkey while you're watching football? Oh, it's got to be a late dinner. I'm not going to be able to eat. <laughs> be so fired up. <laughs> so fired up. 
morning. Usually, Chris, I have to keep my busy uh, myself busy. Usually, I go for a walk or I start cooking just long, big meals just to kind of keep my <laughs> I put Bill's radio on and I have to either clean the house, walk, do something. Wow. I, I'm, come I'm, clean I'm, my house. <laughs> the kids got to learn how to do their toys better. So yeah. that's another topic. All right, but look. Hey, maybe we'll reconnect with you later in the year. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for camp. I mean, the Raiders in the in the Hall of Fame game this year, so I get a week uh, early peak. I won't get to see Devon Adams or Derek Carr yeah. I think, for a little while. But uh, you got to be positive about what's going on with, with uh, for Las Vegas, man. I'm ecstatic. I I just hope McDaniel's kind of learned from his failure in Denver a little bit. He, that worries me. I love the GM. I love Ziegler. Yeah. And I heard a rumor last night that they're one of the teams in on Indomitian Sue, who grew up a Raider fan. He's a Husker, so I love him. <laughs> he, would, he would bring some championship experience and, and a little bit of bark to that defense, which which got a little better at times last year until they got to the red zone where they were like historically the worst red zone defense in NFL history. So that's just, you know, it is what it is. But I'm excited. I can't wait. I mean, you got the you got elite tight ends. Love them. Yeah. Love them. And then Hunter Renfro, um, I, I have a feeling they just traded Brian Edwards to Atlanta. I like Brian Edwards, but he he didn't create separation with cornerbacks. And right. you got to be able to do that. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they maybe go go look up Nelson Aguilar again. I think New England's going to let him go. Aguilar was fantastic with Carr a few years ago. Yep, and could be a nice compliment to uh, to Adams. And but I think. Having Devontae Adams there for all his talent, that's going to open up the middle for Waller and potentially Hunter Renfro. And just if Josh Jacobs can stay healthy and run hard like he did at the end of last year, that's going to be a very tough offense to, to play against. Yeah, you guys got a lot of talent. I mean, McDaniels was smart, I think, to go there. If that was any spot for him to go to, that was that was the spot. It's a team that overcame a crap load of adversity last year, losing a coach, losing their their to me their most indefensible offensive weapon who's an idiot um, and still made the playoffs with an interim coach. Yep. And we're on the nine yard line with a minute to go, less than a minute to go in Cincinnati. And, and we're there. So that is the best place to go. Cause it's not a rebuild there. It's, it's no. kind of keep building it and keep it going. So, yeah, I thought he made a wise decision. And if he wasn't going to take that job, I don't know what job he was going to take. Correct. So, you know, better than Indy cause they're Indy, but all right, my friend, everybody. Thanks for your time. Uh, good luck this season. We'll be checking in on you guys. All right. Hey, go Bills. Go Bills. Good luck. All right, See ya. Mr. Ike, awesome guy. I've known him for years. Uh, loyal, loyal, loyal as you're going to get with his Buffalo Bills. So, hey, let's go to the My World segment. And since we're on the NFL, let's stay on the NFL. The Raiders schedule. <clears throat> I mentioned the uh, Twitter leaks a while ago. It was kind of funny when the um the raiders announced they were playing in la a home game for the raiders against the chargers open it up and one of one of the twitter guys said well that means all first four games are on the road because i heard a rumor the second third and fourth were all away I, it was comical you, you know what read the schedule and analyze it once it comes out by the league or your team but since the schedule is out Look, I'm optimistic. I think the Raiders could win 13 games. Yeah. Will they? Probably not. 
you know, I have them losing one game to AFC West uh, Chargers, Chiefs, and Broncos, and I still stand by that. I, I, I could see them losing opening day to the Chargers. Um, but we'll see. The Chiefs game is always tough. Uh, they're going to beat Denver both times. Denver's the most overrated team in the league. Uh, Russell Wilson's best days are eight, nine years behind him. Roadblocks potentially at Tennessee and New Orleans, both very winnable games, but you never know what's going to happen on the road uh, at the Rams. I'm not sure how that's going to go on that Thursday nighter, just uh, four days after playing the Chargers at home. So I'm going to say 13-4. It probably means I'm overly optimistic because I am such a homer. Um, though for the record, uh, I say 13-4. and four. It could be 14-3. and three. And as for the record, no, I'm not drunk. And uh, the edibles haven't even kicked in yet. So um, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. NHL, Bruins, awful, awful, awful. Losing game seven, it was a tough go. Carolina but it was a tough hockey team, uh, even tougher at home. The Bruins just couldn't solve the um, the Canes in Raleigh. And you know what? You got to win on the road in the playoffs or else uh, your season's over, which ours is. Uh, but now the focus, and it really got to be absolutely annoying the last week or so watching game six uh the bruins fighting for their lives and and bruins reporters saying oh my god we're going to the third period this could be the last period of patrice bergeron's career in boston or his career is he going to retire it's like jesus christ shut up we're playing hockey let's go focus on the now uh and then after uh, the game seven loss they showed bergeron hugging each of his teammates as they were going off the ice well he always stood around he, he stood around after each game and did at least a fist bump with the group so i'm not going to read too much into it I, I i remember seeing bergeron as a teenager playing in boston he's been my favorite player for for quite a while he's 36 i believe but he's a he's a free agent i think if he's going to play it probably be in boston i hope I can't imagine him in another uniform, and I, I think he's one of those guys that I'd like to see his play whole, play his whole career in Boston, and, and that's just because I'm a Bruin fan, and that's what I want. So hopefully, uh, Bergie, come on back, buddy. We got a good base. Marshan can still play at a high level. Pasternak, uh, great defensive pairing with McAvoy and Lindholm next year, and uh, Jeremy Swayman is the number one goalie, and, and he showed it this year in a, in a split time role with Lena Solmark, but I think Swayman, he played great in playoffs. Um, so I think the future's there for the Bruins. Um, Don Sweeney, I haven't liked him as a GM his entire tenure, and I still don't, and I probably never will. He was the softest player I've ever seen play. He's a defenseman. If you looked up his career stats, it wouldn't shock me if under career checks it said zero. Okay, and he's, he's just as soft as a general manager. I, I disagree with a lot of what he's done. You know, they've, they've brought in some nice players. They brought in Taylor Hall, but they never were able to pair him up with, with another guy that's going to bring out Hall's strengths other than putting Pasternak off the perfection line, which, which worked for a while, but it didn't work in the playoffs. So, and, so there's some work to do there. Um, but some good guys stepped up. Derek Forbert was great in the playoffs. You know, Brandon Carlo, there's some holes in his game. I'd like to see him get better. Matt Grizzlick just can't stay healthy on the defensive end offensively. Jake DeBrusque, since his trade rumor or trade request, has been a great player, and I'm happy for him. Uh, he's great with the fans, and I think Jake DeBrusque can be a great NHL player if he wants to be. If he plays hard every shift and, and goes all out, 
we'll see. His trade uh, request is still in place. Maybe they can get some for him now. Maybe his second half, uh, second half renaissance will net a player or two, um, something, you know, a role player. You know, maybe a top six winger you can get back, maybe a role player, maybe make a bigger deal. But the core is there for the Bruins. I don't think they have to start rebuilding yet. Um, then we'll see what happens. So, uh, But Bergeron, we're watching that. Please come back. Patrice, if you're watching the show, please. Anyway, that's going to do it for Pugsley's Pit this week. We'll give you the shameless plug of the week uh, for my book, Dear Liam Manoa, Letters from Daddy, wrote uh, during the pandemic a couple years ago. So uh, thanks again, folks, everybody. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you on Eminem and M across the board with Eric and Ashley later this week. Um, talk to you all soon. Have a great day now.